Give him a hand. Didn't you like how he said the Holy Spirit has wonderful plans? I, I love it because at the beginning, like, it didn't look like much was going to be able to happen. And so it looked a little bit, you know, um, what's happening, but now it's bigger than ever. So started as a small group and ends up as a big group. <clears throat> so Pastor Penn is in Ohio this weekend, so why don't you just bow your head and let's pray for him. Can we do that? I'm just going to let you pray. Can you do that? Lift him up to the Lord. And he's taking the whole next week to just have some time away, get refreshed. Father, even this morning as Pastor Pan is speaking, I ask that he would feel you. He would sense your presence so strongly that you would give the well at Ohio such a boost, such an encouragement. Build them up, strengthen them together. Lord, I pray that even this coming week, as Pastor Penn takes some time to rest, that he would, he would experience just what you have prepared for him, a place of quiet, a place of rest, a place where he can, his soul can be restored. We ask that he'd come out of it ten times stronger than he went in. Meet him there at that cabin in Holmes County. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Why don't you join me? Say amen. That means you agree. All right. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to start... I'm going to start this just a little differently this morning, but I want to tell you this is just a test. I don't want anybody to get up and run out. <clears throat> Somebody get me a glass of water. I can feel it already. So um, don't get up and run out. Don't be afraid. He's going to play something over the speakers, and I'll try to explain a little bit what's going on. It's a little different, right? I heard that noise in my spirit this week. I, I, I heard it in my spirit, and so I wanted you to have the opportunity to hear the same sound. Here's what I felt like God was saying to me. Wake up. Wake up. This isn't a time to sleep. This is a time for you to pay attention. There's something out to destroy your unity. There's something out to destroy your fellowship. There's something out to destroy your love for each other. And there's a war for the allegiance of your soul. That's what I felt. I have a cousin, thank you. I have a cousin in Florida sent me a video out of the blue. And the video was of my hometown and the, um, the courthouse. There's just taken just recently out in front of the courthouse was probably close to 100 armed men. This is, this is my town, the little town of Bedford, Pennsylvania, 100 armed men. A lot of people had guns, and there were some protesters walking through, through them, and you could feel the tension. You could feel the anger. 
you could feel, you could just feel it. You knew that if somebody tried to do something, if somebody tried to destroy something, there could very quickly be bloodshed because the very night before, in my town, there was bloodshed between protesters and, and others. He didn't see it on the news, but there was, there was a, there was a very small gun battle. And I, I heard the alarm, but I, I, in that crowd, in that crowd, I saw crosses on people's shirts. I saw Bible verses, and I, I love that. I, I, I love all that. Right after that, I saw another video, and it was in a uh, store, in a, like a Target. It was a husband and a wife, and they both had masks on their face. The husband had a, had a mask, and it said, God's got this. But the funny thing about it was they were screaming at this guy that was filming because he didn't have a mask. <laughs> they were screaming at him and like berating, running back and forth. And right along when, when I heard that alarm in my spirit, here's the funny thing. Let me just tell you real quick. I wanted to find a sound. So I went to YouTube and I typed in whatever I typed in. That sound came up and I'm like, yes, that's, that's what I want to play. Well, then I saw what it, where it was filmed. It was filmed in Kenosha, Wisconsin, 10 months ago, which is long before anything happened, but that's where all the unrest has been the past week or two. So I thought that was very interesting. Anyway, this is the verse that I heard in my spirit. John 13, 35. Listen. By this shall all people know that you are my disciples... If you have love for one another. Another translation says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Um, by your love for one another. So I want to say, church, you are in a defining moment. We're in a defining moment. The world is looking at you and you're being defined, whether you want to or not. So will you be defined by a political party? by a political affiliation, by some kind of platform? Is that what you will allow to define yourself? I, I think I'm more political than ever, than I've ever been, but I must allow something to supersede that. I must allow something to go above that because I want the world to look at my life and say, he belongs to Jesus. I can see it. I can see it by the way he lives. But I, I want them to say that about us as well, Right? doesn't mean you don't have opinions, you don't voice opinions. No, you do. But something else must rise above it. Something else has to define you. So Jesus says that his believers have an identifier. There's an identifier that goes with the people that follow me. And you can see it, the way you can see it is by their love. That's what identifies them. Um... The world, the world is playing by a set of rules right now. The, the rules that the world has set is if you and I agree, if you and I agree on a political candidate, if you and I agree about Black Lives Matter, if you and I both like masks, if you and I both hate masks, then we can be friends and we can get along. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody feel this? then we can get along. There's a completely different set of rules. 
that we're supposed to play by. Do you know what they are? Listen. 1 Corinthians 14.1 Let love be your what? highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. It goes on to say, but earnestly desire to prophesy. John 13.34 A new commandment I give to you. Here's another set of rules to play by. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another. How much? Just as I have loved you. The only way that you're able to do that, the only way that you can do that is if you are receiving the love of God. I, I really think if, if you're not, if you feel... If you feel under condemnation from God, or if you feel like He's displeased with you, it's going to be extremely hard. I, don't, I think it's impossible for you to love the way Christ loved. I think it's impossible. But when you feel His love, when you feel His affection, it's easy for that to flow right through you into somebody else. Somebody else that's not even lovely. Because that's how He loved us before we were. Lovely, before we loved him. Colossians 3.14 Above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That's the heart of Jesus right there. That's what the world is longing to see. I don't know if you remember back um, the very beginning of the shutdown when, it, when like, we saw it coming, we met, we prayed a lot that Sunday, and then we didn't meet for quite a while. That Sunday, Heather stood up here, and she prayed. And she prayed. She prayed for unity. She prayed for uh, love to bind us together. <clears throat> she prayed for a fellowship, for us to be strong. And I remember um, the way she was praying, I, I thought... You know, I think she's seeing something. I, I think she's seeing something that I'm not seeing right now. But I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's many churches that have shut down permanently. Some of it's financial. They won't reopen. Some of it, the church, and I've literally heard of pastors that have said this, if we reopen, it would split our church because we're so divided. We're so divided on masks on whether this is safe. <sighs> there's, there's churches that haven't survived it and aren't surviving it very well. <clears throat> if your love doesn't survive the mask test, <laughs> maybe you need to get your love renewed, right? A difference of opinion of that. So, I thought it would be fun to take an example from Jesus' team about how you can have diverse views and still love each other, love one another. You know who Jesus' team was? He had 12 guys, and he just collected these guys. On that team, on that, his disciples, on that team was a guy named Matthew. Now, do you know what Matthew's job was? He collected taxes, but he didn't just collect them for the Jewish temple. He actually worked for the occupying army, the Roman army. 
So if you can imagine this, if you can imagine, I, I don't even want to, uh, yeah, how do I do this? I want to bring this kind of personal. So if, uh, if there was an occupying army in America and, and somebody here would just go and work for that government and they'd show up at your house and say, hey, write a check out to this government for $500, just put it like that, you'd be like, Are you kidding me? Like, like uh, everything in us would just want to hate that person because you're, you're, you're turned your back on your country. How can you do this kind of thing? On Jesus' team as well was a guy named Simon. He was a zealot. You know what zealots were? Zealots were basically, uh, I mean, some of them were like guerrilla fighters, but they were an aggressive political party who their objective was to stir up the Jews to revolt against the Roman army, to, to revolt against them. I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, if, if they killed Romans. So I don't know if they did that kind of thing. But they, they literally despised uh, even the Jewish people that wanted to make peace with, with um, the Romans. They were so aggressive that they despised Jews that just wanted to be at peace with them. Now, you have those two on the same team. You have them right together. Huh. Interesting. Something, something worked, though. Something unified them. What was it? It was Jesus, right? Jesus had to have a way of bringing those two together. They, something had to uh, uh, rise above. And I, I know that they thought Jesus was actually going to overthrow them sometime. But I thought that was fascinating that on that team, there's, there's totally opposing views. Totally opposing. Yet Jesus brought them together. Jesus can do the same for us if we'll let him. All right, listen to what Paul says in Romans 14.1. Welcome those who disagree with you without passing judgment over disputable matters. Romans 15, 7, receive one another just as Christ received you. What were they fighting? What was going on there? Because they had the same problem. You know what the problem was? People had different opinions. People had different convictions. It was a different subject. You know what the subject was? Food. Some people thought, we have to follow the law. We have, to, we have to still uh, keep this dietary set of rules, and you can only eat certain foods. You can't have pork chops. You can't have pulled pork. You, you know, there's different things. And then others said, I got liberty. I can eat whatever I want. And it was causing a clash. And Paul comes in and says, listen, these are disputable matters. I actually want you to welcome people who disagree with you. How can you do that? Because there's a higher law in your heart. There's a higher law that I love, regardless of what your view is on this. I choose to love you. It's my highest goal. That's, that's how it works. All right. Ephesians 4, 1, 3. It's Paul again. I beseech you, I implore you, endeavor 
to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Fight for unity. Fight for it. Unity is each person's responsibility. You don't have to say it out loud, but in your, in your spirit, say, unity is my responsibility. In a home, how does unity work? How does it work? It comes because you prefer somebody else above yourself occasionally, right? You're going to defer to somebody else's opinion. Even when you feel, I'm right, I must be right. You're going to defer to somebody else. Unity doesn't come from the man at the top demanding that you conform the whole way down through. That's not unity in a home. That's control. And that just stinks. It, it, doesn't, it actually doesn't smell good. I don't know if that's the right word. All right. Make every effort to stay in unity. Why would that be? Why? Do you know in unity there's strength? Unity there's strength. What's an enemy's first go-to when he wants to conquer? Divide and conquer, right? Divide and conquer. Why was America so strong for so many years and still is today? Why? What's, what's America's motto? E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. There is strength in unity. And if, if you want to research, and some of you have, things that are going on, it's, it's, it's what people are trying to do. It's people are trying to divide Americans, one against each other, one against each other. I have literally seen troll farms where they take you in, hidden video, and they, they show you places in Africa where there's, where there's people at desks, they're lined up. Their whole job is to, to, to put Facebook posts out there and spam and get people pitting people against each other. It's a plan of the devil. But he doesn't just want to do it to America, he wants to do it to Christians. And he'll use something as small as something on your mouth. He'll use something as small as whatever it may be. And we must recognize what's happening. We must not allow it. Go high to that law of love. All right. Do you know that one of the primary reasons of the gospel, and I'm taking this out of 1 John, my translation of it, is that you and I, uh, not only that you and I can have fellowship and connection back and forth with God, because that was broken in the garden. That was taken there. He didn't only come to restore that, but he came that you and I could have fellowship with each other. It's something called koinia. And, and I, can, I can read it. First John, it says... Um, well, I'm just jumping in. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. 
We are writing these things to you that our joy may com be complete. So he, he writes that epistle and he says, I'm going to make everything known to you. Here's the purposes I'm writing so that you can have fellowship with God. It's this word koinia, that you can have fellowship with each other and that your joy can be full. Three purposes. It's to God, to each other, and that you can be full of joy, that you can experience that. That's what his purpose is. This koinia word it means, it's a, it means a host of things. It means community. It means fellowship. It means uh, a unity of purpose. It means an intimate connection with another. It means um, a higher level of fellowship, a unity of purpose. That's what Jesus wanted. That's what he died for. I'm going to read you I'm going to try to demonstrate something. You know, last words are important. The last thing somebody says to you before they die, you kind of hold them in a special way, right? They're special. Jesus, right before he died on the cross, he prayed a prayer. And here's what was in his prayer. First he prays uh, for his disciples. Then he prays for all believers. So this, this prayer includes you and I. There's a lot of back and forth, but I want you to listen closely. I don't pray for these alone, just the disciples, but also those who would believe in me through their testimony, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. I have declared them to your name, and I will declare it that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. That's a lot of back and forth. So I'm going to try to do my best to illustrate this, and I don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to give it a shot. So you three boys are sitting right beside each other. Come on up here. All right. <laughs> you didn't know we were going to do this. Is this all right? I should ask the parents. <laughs> yeah, that's Jeff. All right. Why don't you three boys stand back to back? Could you do this? You stand right there. How about you stand right here? And now you stand. Actually, move this way. Move this way. It's going to be easier if you step over this way. You should practice things before you do them, but we're not going to do that today. All right, son. You, you put your back in here. Okay. 
You guys look great. We're going to, uh, I hope this isn't sacrilegious, but we're going to say, you're, you're, you're God, <laughs> you're Jesus, and you're going to represent the body of Christ, okay? Skylar, you got that? All right, I don't even know if this is going to work. We're going to try. Could you hold this rope? Right there, hold the end. All right, there we go. All right, this is to kind of show you, give you a, a visual of how we're supposed to be. Like, like, this love thing is supposed to bind us together, okay? So, we're going to start with, yeah, just hold it down. Keep your arms by your sides. So, he starts off by saying that they may all be one. We've got to get that down around you. All right, we're holding you together. As you, Father, are in me. Okay, so we're putting God and Jesus together. <laughs> you boys might be able to get out of this, but his, his love is a little stronger than this rope. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one with us. All right. That they may be one with us. Jumping on. And the glory which you gave to me, I have given to them. Keep that off your neck. <laughs> they have give, I have given to them that they may be one in us. There he says it again. Just as we are one. So he's referring to his relationship with God. We're not even halfway through this. <laughs> I and them. I and them. And you and me. That they may be perfect in one. So we're going to go around you. Perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them. This is a lot. Like I said, I didn't try this before. <laughs> that you have loved them just as much as you have loved me. Isn't that an amazing verse? Do you believe that? Jesus says he loves you. Point at yourself. Can you boys point at yourself? <laughs> Jesus... Father, Father in heaven, God, he loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Because I know he loves Jesus, but sometimes I wonder, does he really love me? Father, I desire that they also whom you have... All right, let me jump to verse 26 here. I've declared to them your name and will declare it that the love which you have loved me may be in them. That same love is around them, and I in them. So, this is taking a little longer than I thought. But does that give you a little visual of what Jesus said? That's amazing. I actually, I can, I can feel something in my heart just from looking at that. Thank you, Lord. 
That's Jesus' last words. That's what he's passionate about. That you'd live this way with each other. If you're not experiencing this, if you're not experiencing the love of the Father and you don't feel a connection with him, you're getting ripped off. You are getting ripped off. If you don't have close connection with other believers, if, you, if you're not experiencing that, you're getting ripped off. Because this is what Jesus died for. All right, boys, can you get away from each other? Oh, here, I don't want to make it too bad. So let's... Uh... Actually, had no idea that it's this much. <laughs> Be interesting to count how many times we ran around, you guys. It's Levi, right? Give these three a hand, Elijah. Levi, Elijah, and Skyler. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. Um, totally lost where I was. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. Just I'm just gonna give you a few real quick pointers. Uh, this koinia word that I was talking about, fellowship, walking in fellowship. A uh, couple things that it'll do for you if you live this way. Walking in fellowship or. Koinia is the key ingredient to spiritual maturity. Okay, so you can gain spiritual knowledge all by yourself. You can sit in a basement somewhere and read books all day long. You can gain lots of knowledge all by yourself. It doesn't mean that you'll become spiritually mature. You can still be extremely immature spiritually. The way you get spiritually mature is by uh, relationships. And in those relationships, you're, you're constantly uh, allowing Christ to come through there and, and be a reflection of Christ in those relationships. So, um, you know, iron sharpens iron. It's in the daily rub of, uh, rub of having relationship with other people that you're going to be able to spiritually mature. So spiritual maturity is measured by how we interact with each other. Walking in fellowship, or koinia, living this way, will reveal blind spots that you can't see. How many of you know we all got some blind spots? Some things that, you know, we might think we're aware, but we actually just don't see it. We just don't see it. I don't notice when I need to get my neck shaved, but my wife does, and she lets me know. She sees something that I don't see. Does that make sense? Um, when this whole thing started happening uh, with George Floyd and the, the riots and the different things, I thought I understood the relationship between the races. I, I, I thought I had a fairly good understanding. But I asked some people, and I listened to videos of people that I trust and heard them talk. 
and I realized I got blind spots. I, I, I thought I knew, but if I will let somebody else speak in an area that I just can't see, um, and, I, and I'll receive truth from that, I, I can grow. I can have some of those blind spots that were I never noticed. I can have those uh, revealed to me. Does that make sense? Do you, have, do you have somebody in your life that can call you out? That can say, hey, <laughs> what you did there wasn't right. Or I, I, don't, I don't like when you do this kind of thing. Do you have that kind of person in your life? It's actually really healthy to have somebody that does that to you. It doesn't always feel good. I've experienced that. I hope some of you have too. I think you have. But it's good to have that kind of person that can call out a blind spot in your life. So koinonia, or walking in fellowship with each other, shows the world what real love and connection looks like. So I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a whole ton of drama out there, especially on social media. There's uh, lots of fake relationships. And I remember watching an interview of... Uh, an Instagram influencer, and he had like 40 million followers. And somebody was asking him, hey, you know, do you see yourself being on social media in 10 years? Do you see yourself being on Instagram? Because he, you know, built an empire, built a huge, you know, huge income from that. And he said, you know, I don't think I can take it. I don't think I can take it. It's just so fake. Everything that you see is fake because he's part of it. He's part of putting videos out and he sees the way other people do it. And he's like, there's just so much fake. So when the world looks at you, when the world sees brothers and sisters in Christ, people come together that actually love each other, spend time together, not just on a Sunday morning, not just when you have to, but they want to be together, that looks incredibly appealing, incredibly to a lonely world. It just looks so lovely. And then uh, a question, how are you sowing into fellowship now? How are you, what, what are you doing about it right now? Because, you know, there's a harvest comes. If you don't put any seed in the ground in this thing, you're not going to get a whole lot. And so I remember when uh, a pastor, he, he, was, he was praying with me and, and he said, you know what? I know how you feel. Uh, sometimes I think, I think being a pastor is the loneliest job in the entire world. And I was kind of shocked because I didn't experience that. I haven't experienced that, but it was his experience. So you can be totally surrounded by people. And your job is actually to connect people, but you're not doing anything about it yourself. Do you hear that? <laughs> so it requires you to do something. It requires you to actually send somebody a text message and say, you want to get together for coffee? And we're going to do it, Rob. We're going to get together. He's been asking. So, um, anyway, Phil, Pastor Phil mentioned care groups. And uh, this, this is one of the avenues that we try to intentionally build fellowship among us, to bind us together, that we can experience what Jesus died for, that koinonia between us, right? 
So we love for people to be involved in those care groups. So make them, make them a priority. You want to stand and we will uh, we'll have a prayer together. But I want you to, uh, why don't you just bow your head and I want to ask you a couple questions for you to ask yourself. So answer this in your own heart. Have I put up walls against someone or even a people group that you want me to take down and build a connection instead? Is there someone in my life that I can talk to about absolutely anything? Nothing hidden, transparent. And if not, why is that? Is there a reason that I pull away from close relationships? And the last one, Lord, show me the people that you want me to be in community with. Who is that person? Lord, I pray that we'd all be able to experience what you died for. We do pray for the unity, not just among Wellspring Fellowship, but the unity of your body across America. We pray that the plans of the devil would be exposed. And we thank you that you, we are, through you, more than conquerors, that there is a church that will rise victorious. And this will squeeze, but it will reveal. It will reveal you to a lost and dying world. Lord, we want the world to see you through us. And I pray that it be our testimony that we have made love our highest goal that our love for each other will be the defining feature of our life. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you for coming. And uh, have a wonderful week.